What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode five of season one. I want to thank everybody that has been listening week to week or any new viewers, or I should say listeners, that are downloading this podcast and listening to on Spotify or Anchor and now Apple Podcast. Yes, we didn't have this the last time I recorded, but we are officially on Apple Podcasts. So you can go subscribe to the Batman News Weekly podcast over on Apple if you are somebody that just uses that one specifically. And of course, we are getting on other podcast platforms as the weeks go on, but we are on the biggest one. We are on the one that everybody knows about, that everybody keeps asking me about. Apple Podcasts, we're officially on. So if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate it. Or if you're on Spotify, which actually Spotify has the biggest viewership, so shout out to Spotify or Anchor or anywhere else. I appreciate all of you, and I am here to bring you some Batman news. Since last week, I will say the Batman news is kind of scarce this week, and I I felt like there was going to be weeks like this as, of course, the months or years go on. So there wasn't a lot to go about, but, of course, I am going to bring you some content Because one of the things we got is the possible plot or what might be the inspiration for the Batman movie. We got our first Birds of Prey poster and we actually surprisingly got Batman issue 79, which I thought we were going to have to wait two weeks to get. But it looks like DC wanted to get back on track. So we got back to back Batman issues. And as much as you guys know, if you listen to the last podcast, I loved 78. I loved 79 just as much. But before we dive into any of that, the first thing I want to talk about is this Birds of Prey poster. Now, I have posted this on the Bat from the Box Instagram. Go check that out over there if you want to see that. But I'm pretty sure a lot of people, if, you, if you're if you into Batman stuff or you're just into movies, you've probably seen this Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn poster that Margot Robbie has posted and everybody's just kind of sharing this. Now, I'm no longer on Twitter, but I do have a bunch of friends that are still on Twitter and they like to tell me the drama that is going on on Twitter when people complain about, which is one of the reasons why I got off just because I couldn't, I couldn't take all the fanboys or non-fanboys or anybody just constantly complaining about everything now I will be honest I used to be one of those people and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or if I just see perspectives differently but I'm just not a big fan of the constantly complaining about everything that I just don't like it's just too exhausting anyways whether you like being on the internet or not it goes on without you and the outrage over this poster is continuing or people are starting to say that it doesn't seem DCEU enough or it doesn't feel like the DC or it's too bright or it's too whatever. That was what I was told that people are complaining about when it comes to this poster. And I think it's just really dumb because the, the re- their gripes with this, if that's even the right word, or their problem with the poster. I should say if you haven't seen the poster, just to get imagine just this photo of Harley Quinn with like a kissy face, kind of like, oh, I got hit on the head with something. And a bunch of the characters from the movie are flying around. Like the cartoon. Have you guys ever seen Saturday morning cartoons when a cat or like Tom and Jerry, somebody gets bonked on the head and they start seeing stars? That's what this poster is. And it's just Harley Quinn seeing birds like a cartoon would. Well, it looks like people had issues with Black Mask, who is supposed to be this crazy, just brutal villain, which he is in the comic books. And from what I've heard about this movie, he's one of the best villains in the DCEU. 
Uh, he's blowing kisses at the Harley Quinn bird that is flying around Harley Quinn's face. And they're just like, oh, man, that's not a freaking representation. Like, he's supposed to be a badass. Blah, 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 blah. So people are complaining about this poster having black mask blowing kissy faces. And, I mean, I, I could see your point, fanboys, or anybody that's complaining about this. I could see it because, yes, I've read the comics. He's supposed to be this brutal character. But we don't know the inspiration for this movie. And just because he's blowing a kissy face doesn't mean that he's not going to be a badass. Because what if he is super brutal in this movie? Like, what if he's just going around killing people or whatever? Because from the, like, I guess what I've heard is that he's, like, a owner of a nightclub or whatever. He's a mob boss, so he probably has multiple clubs or venues or whatever you want to call it. So, of course, he's going to have these kind of things. But it doesn't mean just because he's doing something random on a poster that his character's not going to be as brutal or crazy or sadistic or whatever. Let's not forget that this movie is actually rated R, which is not something that has been happening in a lot of superhero movies. We know Deadpool did it. We know Logan did it. But this is going to be the first, or actually I should say second, because Joker's about to come in, but Joker's not in the DCEU. It's a separate thing. Birds of Prey will be the first DCEU movie that is rated R. And from what James Gunn is doing, his could be possibly rated R too. So it looks like DC and Warner Brothers could have multiple mature movies coming out. So just because this is a bright, colorful poster i don't think it takes away anything from the movie if you see the little tease trailer that they've put out it looks like there's gonna be a lot of violence in this movie they're currently doing reshoots right now to make the action scenes even more epic so to hear people complaining about the birds of prey okay so to hear people complaining about the birds of prey poster I just feel like there are a lot of people out there that just don't want this movie to succeed. Of course, you have these Snyder fanboys that are just like, everything sucks because it's not Snyder, which that does get really kind of annoying because they're not even trying to give these other movies a chance. They just they want the Snyder cut so bad they won't support anything that DC is doing, which I honestly, I don't think you're a fan at that point if you're not going to support anything DC does just because you didn't get your way. That's my opinion on the people that are like that, but I'm always down to give movies a chance. And I don't know, this is just, it seems interesting, it's different, and I, I mean, it's very Batman universe, so I'm all about it, and of course I'm gonna go watch this. I love Margot Robbie, I know a lot of people didn't like her Harley Quinn take, I really enjoyed her Harley Quinn take, and it just seems like she's gonna do something cool here, and I feel like Margot Robbie has a good sense of, like, the roles she picks, and she's a producer on this one, and it just seems like it's gonna be a really cool thing. I will say... Harley's costumes don't bother me, but I really want Huntress to have a really cool costume. And the stuff I've seen so far looks kind of weak, in my opinion. They have her in some kind of a costume on the poster, and I'm just not feeling it. It's just very, like, a baggy tactical kind of thing, which makes sense, which makes sense. But, uh, you know, just from a comic book fanboy perspective... The costume Huntress has, and I'm not even talking about the provocative, like, sexy one. Even if it is, like, the fully covered Huntress outfit with her mask, I think that is so dope. And I really was hoping for that in this movie. Hopefully we will get it because we don't even know if these are the final costumes or whatever. But anyways, with this Birds of Prey poster, I like it. I just found it hilarious that people were starting to complain about it or just finding something to complain about it. Because, again, I think it's either they just don't want to like this movie or maybe they have an issue with the movie being all female. I don't really know. Uh, there is a there is a I think I talked about it on the podcast before, but I'm not going to put it out there right now because there is a particular YouTuber uh, that is uh, spoiling this movie. 
on the internet right now, and I don't want people to go search for all this stuff and have the movie spoiled for you. But there is some other stuff that I think people are, might complain about. And I don't know. I think it's just a lot of people are tr finding reasons to try to complain about a movie that's not even out. Which the people that have seen this movie said it was pretty awesome. And I don't know. It's just an issue with with the internet nowadays. And that's one of the reasons why I'm scaling back my social media usage. Because it just gets really, really exhausting. So there are my thoughts on the Birds of Prey poster. But now I want to move over quickly to Suicide Squad before we jump into the Batman news. If you don't know, James Gunn likes to really get involved during, I guess, production for his movies and really letting people know, like, this is happening. He'll post t photos or, you know, videos or whatever. He's just a very social director, which is really cool because, you know, there's a lot of leaks and stuff and everybody's always searching for something. James Gunn's usually that kind of director that's like, look, I don't want this to get out, so I'm going to post it here. And uh, he actually tweeted to somebody that was, uh, if you guys don't know, they actually released the, actually now to come to think about it, I don't know if it happened after I posted the last Batman News Weekly, but they released the cast for this movie. Now, I also posted that on the Instagram account, so go check that out if you want to see the cast if you haven't already. But somebody did say this on Twitter, and I wanted to respond to it because it's very interesting, the response that James Gunn said. So somebody on Twitter said, I am blown away by the cast of The Suicide Squad, but if you don't mind me asking, when can we really expect to hear about their role specifically? I'd love it if you would answer my tweet. Thanks. To which James Gunn responded, some characters will get out, some already have, although some reported on, including some reputable sources, have been very wrong. But in all honesty, I don't know if we'll officially release character info for a long, long while to come. Now that is very interesting because some of the bigger names in the Suicide Squad that have been reported are Peacekeeper, Ratcatcher, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller, Rick Flagg, Captain Boomerang. Those are confirmed. If they were in the last movie, they're more, those four are confirmed because they're on the list for the casting and they're just repraising their roles from the previous movie. So specifically, we would be looking at King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher, Peacekeeper, and I believe that was it. Those are the other like four or five characters that were supposed to be in the Suicide Squad. Now, that's very interesting because if James Gunn, I mean, obviously he said it, he's saying that some reputable sources that were reporting that are very wrong about the roles. Now, he, of course, he doesn't give specifics. It could be like, oh, yeah, John Cena isn't playing Peacekeeper. He's playing King Shark. Or Steve Agee isn't playing King Shark. He's playing blah, blah. So it could be something like that. The characters could be you know, confirmed or not confirmed, but it could be those characters that have been announced. It's just not being played by the actors that we thought they were going to be played by. So I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Just something to throw out there. If you have heard a bunch of Suicide Squad news, I've definitely covered this on my YouTube channel over the last few months. It's possible that the actors that we thought were going to play these characters are actually not going to be those characters. And one of the big names that was not on the casting list was Benicio Del Toro, who a lot of people thought was going to be Vandal Savage. Now, he's not on the list, and there are a bunch of other Latino actors on the casting list, but that doesn't mean that Benicio is no longer a part of this movie. That maybe James Gunn wants to actually surprise us with that casting, because that was one of the bigger names out there. A lot of people thought Benicio Del Toro was going to play somebody like Vandal Savage. Now, there was it, there, it could definitely be somebody else that is on this list, and... 
it did seem like I, I listened to Kevin Smith's podcast a lot, or I should say the video podcast that he posts on YouTube. And one time he talked about that he is really good friends with, um, I'm forgetting the actor's name right now, um, Desmalchin. I forget his, oh, I'm forgetting his first name. But he's going to be playing, or he's rumored to be playing, I should say, Polka Dot Man. He was, uh, you know, the crazy guy in Gotham that was helping Jerome bring him back to life. I'm just, I'm forgetting his freaking first name right now on this podcast. But he's good friends with Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith was talking about, he was like, oh, he heard stuff from him, but he couldn't say it in the crowd because he didn't think it was actually a big, or he didn't think it was out there yet. So he couldn't say it because he didn't want to, like, you know, he's probably not supposed to know that information. And he was hinting at it being Vandal Savage. He was like, yeah, I can't tell you who it is, but it's going to be awesome. And it fits in so well with whatever's going on in the, you know, whatever he thought James Gunn was planning or whatever. And it, all signs were pointing to Vandal Savage. And it still could be going to Vandal Savage, which would be really cool. So there is some quickie Suicide Squad news. I just wanted to bring that to you because I thought it was very interesting. But now let's move on to the Batman because a lot of reports that were coming out from just, you know, a variety of different sources. And this has been mentioned multiple times throughout the course of like, oh, what's the Batman going to be? But it just seems like it's coming back around. And a lot of people are saying that the Batman movie is going to be based off a comic book called The Long Halloween. Now, this is a very classic, classic Batman story. It's probably in the top 10 stories that people recommend when they're like, what should I read when it comes to Batman? The Long Halloween, along with Hush and a few other stories, The Dark Knight Returns, are the ones that a lot of people say you should read if you want to read good Batman stories. Now, The Long Halloween is made by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, which are very iconic people in the comic book worlds. Jeff Loeb actually works for Marvel now, but he, in my opinion, is one of the best Batman writers that has, you know, just... I mean, he wrote Hush as well, which is my favorite freaking Batman book. He wrote this. It was like a trilogy, The Long Halloween, The Haunted Night, and Dark Victory. And it was just, oh, they were so good stories. But the, the reason why a lot of people are saying that it's going to be The Long Halloween is because The Long Halloween is a detective story that takes place in Gotham over a year. And what happens is, the reason why they call it The Long Halloween is because murders start on Halloween and they start happening. There's a constant killing spree of murders happening every holiday. I should, and it's different types of holidays like uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, President's Day. Just any kind of national holiday you can think of, somebody gets murdered every holiday. And the serial killer is nicknamed the Holiday Killer. And Batman is trying to figure out who it could be. And it centers around this big mob boss who's nicknamed the Roman. He's Carmine Falcone. And his family, who are also mob bosses. And then another gangster family that also runs around Gotham and stuff. And then, of course, there are other people like the Riddler, Catwoman, Joker. Just these amazing cast of characters that are in this book. And Batman's constantly just trying to piece all the things together. And he's working with Harvey Dent and James Gordon, who is Jim Gordon, on this case to try to find the Holiday Killer. And it's just all these twists and turns. I don't want to spoil it for you on this podcast because one I think you should read the book but two if it is drawing inspiration from the long Halloween I don't want to spoil the ending to you for you if this is going to be how the movie the Batman could be going because from what we've heard about the Batman movie there's already been six names that have been thrown out there for villains that will be in the movie which is Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler, Two-Face, Mad Hatter, and Firefly those are the six 
act actors, I should say the six characters that have been rumored to be in Matt Reeves' The Batman. And a majority of those characters, minus Firefly, are actually in The Long Halloween. And they, they don't have huge parts, but they do have big parts. Well, actually, yeah, a good amount of them, except for Penguin. Penguin doesn't really have a huge part in The Long Halloween, but you could easily take him in and out for other characters. Either way, the rumor synopsis for the Batman movie is that Batman is going to be trying to find a murder. Okay, there's like been a string of murders that are supposed to be happening throughout the city, and Batman is going to try to find out who the killer is by going to other villains in Gotham, and he's slowly piecing together who the killer could be. So it's a very similar premise to the long halloween and that's why people are putting connections to this book so since this rumor has been going about i decided to reread the long halloween because it's been a very long time since i've got to read this book and i have to say it was a blast to reread this book like i genuinely forgot a lot of it because even the ending you find out who this there's this big twist at the end and I thought I knew who the killer was this whole time, and I completely forgot because the twist is so crazy that it makes you remember one character, and then you're just like, oh my god, there's all these other characters that were in play that it just, uh, it's so well written, and I loved it so much that, yeah, there's just like big twists and turns in this book. And the one thing I did notice while rereading this book is a lot of the stuff in The Long Halloween was in the freaking Dark Knight movies, which was really crazy, specifically the Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan one with Heath Ledger's Joker. And it blew my mind because when I was reading the book, the copy that I actually have, I have multiple copies of it, the reprint copy actually has a quote on the front of it that says, the New York Times best-selling classic, The Long Halloween is more of a comic book, it's an epic tragedy. And the person that gave that quote is Christopher Nolan, the man that directed the Batman trilogy. And it makes so much sense because the term I believe in Harvey Dent is in this book. The, uh, what is the other thing? Oh man, there's, it's just so hard. I should have put freaking sticky notes in here so I could tell you guys. But there are multiple quotes from this book that actually found it into that movie. Even a lot of Two-Face's motivation and stuff is in this book. And it showed up in that movie. So if you don't even plan on watching the Batman or you don't care about spoilers or anything, pick up The Long Halloween and just read it and then go back and watch The Dark Knight and you'll notice so many parallels. Or I should say just little tidbits from the book that made it into the trilogy because Christopher Nolan actually read these classic Batman stories when he was making his movies. And I think that's really awesome. I love when directors actually pull from the original source material and make their own version of what they want to do because I think it's so good. I mean, why would you just ignore 80 plus years or I should say 80 years of source material? If something has survived for 80 years, it's survived for a reason, you know what I mean? So why not dive into that source material? It's cool to have your own vision, but there's a reason why people love this character so much. So why not pull a little bit of the classic things Put it in your movie, but also still make your own thing. So I thought that was really cool hearing about the Batman, possibly, you know, being about the long Halloween. But if anything, it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be Matt Reeves version of the long Halloween. Kind of like how Tom King is currently writing his version of Nightfall. If you guys don't know what Nightfall is, it is the comic book series where Bane broke Batman's back. Tom King feels like he's writing his own version, which is called City of Bane, which we will be getting 
which we, I should say, will, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I cannot talk right now. Sometimes this is why I think I need a co-host. But uh, we will start talking about Batman 79 here in a little bit. But yeah, I just wanted to make that out there. That is the movie news that we have had for this week. The Batman movie, or I should say Matt Reeves' The Batman, Robert Pattinson's The Batman, which I really want some casting news, by the way, besides Robert Pattinson. I need to know who's going to play Catwoman. It's like eating away at me. But anyways, that is the uh, news we got for all of the movie stuff. And now we're going to jump into Batman 79. And can I just say, I absolutely love Batcat. I love that Tom King is writing this story and there's just this oh this absolutely lovely story that Batman has been just I should say lovely journey that Batman's been going on and all people are like you're sick he's been doing he's been depressed for 25 issues. Yeah, but I I when I read the series, I think about it from issue 1 to now and seeing how much the character has grown and in these last two issues, man, has he grown so much and just the relationship between Batman and Catwoman has grown so much that it's just it's so great so we're going to talk about the issue um the one thing I do want to point out before we jump into it is I have I saw a lot of different like nerd or comic book websites reporting about how the you know Batman not getting married at 50 was the best thing to happen to the series but a lot of those same websites were trashing it. They're like, oh, we cannot believe that Batman couldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. But now they're finally, like, praising the book again because these last two issues have been so well. They're like, oh, that was the best thing to happen and this and that and Batman Catwoman, blah, blah, blah. Which I find very hilarious because uh, a lot of people have gave flack to Tom King about his, like, writing style or whatever. Or that the story's been going on for so long and we haven't got to the end I personally love long-term long-term storytelling. Uh, I'm tired of these ones that only you know take five issues to finish, and like you know it's it's okay here and there. But sometimes I want to go on a very long journey, and that's what I've been getting with Batman. It's been a great journey, in my opinion. And uh, I just think it's hilarious that a lot of people that thought this series was crap are now saying that it's the greatest thing of all time or whatever because of where it's finally got to, which it was always going to get to this point. So I don't know. I just want to point that out there because a lot of people were talking a lot of mess about this, and now they're all back on board. I've been on the board, and I love it. It's so great. And now let's just jump into it. If you didn't re- if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should go listen to it because I literally talked about issue 78 for like 20 minutes. Sorry if you hated that, but you know what? I'm just so passionate about these characters and I loved it. I loved it. And this one pretty much takes place right after all of the events of what we saw in Batman 78. So the cool thing is the comic book opens up with the first page of like basically paying homage to Batman year 1, which was the, I, w- I guess you could say the first time that Bruce and Selina actually saw each other, actually met. It was really cool. I will say that I was a bit bothered by this panel because I was like, oh my god, is Tom King hinting at year one where Selina was a prostitute? But I am taking this as Selina was working in that area. She's not a prostitute, like she wasn't selling her body and stuff. But she was actually working in that area to, you know, steal from people or do whatever. Like, uh, that's just how I'm reading it as a viewer because that was one of my biggest gripes with the year one storyline is they made Selena a prostitute when that was never really necessary. And uh, so they kind of pay homage to that in the first page with, like, all these, uh, basically the area that Batman saw her the first time was in a lower part 
of like just a slum area, I guess. I don't know. They, I guess they try to say a oh, bad neighborhood, but all it is is just like you know uh, peep shows and strip clubs and all that kind of stuff. So that's what you kind of see in the first page. But then it goes to now where Bruce and Selena are on a beach and they're talking. And it's just basically very similar to the way the story ended the last time. Or I should say, you know, just them being all quiet and chill. And then it goes to them actually kind of doing couples yoga. I mean, they actually are doing like couples yoga, but it looks pretty like gangster because freaking Bruce. Selena's doing it on Bruce's back because he's like so sturdy and stuff. But she's talking about how they actually did meet before in the street but she remembers the boat which is this long running thing that's been going on in the comic books where selena says they met in the street bruce says they actually met on a boat and it's been like just going back and forth neither of them want to admit that they've actually how they first met each other and i will say in this issue we finally get that answer but continuing the story uh, the I should point out that all of this actually happened before Batman 77, which Alfred got his neck snapped. So keep that in mind because I know a lot of people are like, there's two issues that have passed after this and we haven't learned about what happened to Alfred. Trust me, you're going to get that answer in this issue as well. But uh, we go on to uh, this cool little background like newscast. Like Selena and Bruce are at a bar. Bruce is drinking a ginger ale because he doesn't drink alcohol. And, you know, Selena's drinking her fruity drink or whatever she's doing. And in the background, you hear a TV or a radio saying that, you know, Captain Captain Adam tried to go into Gotham, but he got thrown out. And they were talking about how Gotham's changed a lot and how it's, you know, it's the calmest Gotham's ever been. But, you know, there's like human slaves and, you know, criminals are running the city now, blah, 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 blah. And there's this random guy that's sitting next to Bruce and Selena. And mind you, this is a beach setting. So Selena's like in a, you know, like a little bikini and stuff. And this guy is talking about how it's good that Gotham is the way it is. And Selena's basically saying, like, if you've never been there, don't talk about it. And then he ends up putting, this is the one thing you shouldn't do to Selena Kyle, ladies and gentlemen. He actually puts his hand, and this dude has a wedding ring, by the way, puts his hand on Selena's thigh. And he's all like, what do you know, little girl? He's like, my cousin lives in, he's, he lives in Gotham and he's a freaking Navy SEAL. And he says Batman's better than he ever been. Mind you, the Batman this guy's referring to is Flashpoint Batman that kills people with guns and stuff. So this guy's all about the new Batman, which he doesn't know that he's sitting next to freaking Catwoman and Batman. And uh, this guy's, you know, kind of trying to make a pass at Selena and just undermining her. And then she punches the hell out of this guy. And uh, she's like, yeah, you know, we're going to change Gotham, basically. And it was just really awesome to see her hold her own and just punch the hell out of this guy because you just don't do that people i don't care if it's selena kyle or anybody you don't put your hands on anybody whether that be a woman a man you just don't do that so it's really nice to see her just punch the hell out of this guy and there's this nice panel of his drink on the floor and he's just laid out it's it was such a great panel after that bruce and selena go back to their room and, you know, she's talking about how everybody that's not from Gotham always talks crap about it and blah, 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 which I kind of related to because I feel the same way. I feel like anybody that lives in a city that people haven't been to or just, you know, they hear the stereotypes about, you know, you get kind of defensive when somebody's like, oh, blah, blah. I live in Texas. And for some reason, people up north always ask, do y'all just ride horses down there? No. Why, why would you think we ride horses everywhere? Just because, just because we're from Texas? You kidding me? Anyway, so I thought it was really funny that Selena's defending 
you know, Gotham here. And Bruce kind of just lays on the bed. He seems like he's kind of exhausted. And Selena is just going on and on about how, you know, they're going to be the people to clean up Gotham. They're the ones that care about it. And Bruce is kind of just telling her, like, oh, you're beautiful. And she's like, no, no, no. You're supposed to tell me it's my problem. I'm going to fix it. And they're just getting kind of lovey-dovey here, like really close and affectionate in the actual story. And at the last panel where it looks like they're about to get it on, uh, Selena's like, hey, how about tomorrow we actually go kick some ass? And then the next few pages are Batman and Selena kind of just training and kicking ass of the people on this island. And it's pretty cool because there's like this convenience store where Bruce and Selena are about to like beat up this guy that's actually robbing the store. And she's all like, dude, you're about to get beat up by Batman. The masked man's like, what? Are you dumb? Like, he's in Gotham. We're in wherever the hell they are. And uh, Batman's like on top of these snacks and he's about to jump on this guy. And Selena, which you could barely tell, she's actually stealing a wine bottle, which I find hilarious that Batman's saving the day here. Selena still being Selena, or I should say Catwoman, and stealing in the process of saving the day. Then it goes on to this other page of like just cool fighting montages where they're both knocking somebody out. Then there's this cool like detective kind of style panel, or I should say full page spread of Bruce interrogating somebody, but Selena's holding like a little kid that's in danger. And then another one where Bruce is freaking foots on just like this guy's chest. And like, I don't know, it's just this cool montage of them just kicking ass together. And they're like chatting in between like the fights and stuff. And it's just beautiful pages. And then we go on top of this like mountain cliff where this is the big reveal right here, ladies and gentlemen. This just came out of nowhere. And I, I should have had Fanboy Clay on this podcast because we did talk about this for a really long time. And I'm about to get into it, but I should have had him on this podcast for this particular moment. But we have this really beautiful four set of panels on this one page of Selena and Batman just at sunrise, or I should say sunset, talking to each other. And the first thing that Batman says, which totally caught me off guard, is he said, Alfred signaled he's safe. I'm sending Damien in now. And Catwoman says, and so we come to the end. So apparently, we just got bamboozled because Alfred's not dead? This, I okay, one, I will I will say this, and I, I had a conversation with Fanboy Clay about it. I personally am not mad, and I know, I don't, I gotta go back and see what I said on that podcast, but I did feel like if, Alfred didn't die it was gonna be kind of a cop-out and we're saying like maybe it's not Clayface let's hope it's not Clayface it does seem like it could be Clayface I don't really know how Tom King and I'm, I'm I'm hella interested to see how he's gonna get around it but how is he going to get around showing Alfred getting his neck snapped but it's not Alfred because Alfred's safe. Like, it's, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting because if Batman sent Damien in, that means everything that happened in issue 77, Damien going in, you know, fighting Gotham Girl, you know, beating up Scarecrow and all that, all of that was planned, which that's not far-fetched. That is not far-fetched at all because this is Batman. He has a plan for everything. So, that's, I guess, what's keeping me on the side of not hating this at all and being like, oh, I might have said it's a cop-out, but whatever. Obviously, I love Batman, so I might be a little biased, but if I hate something, I usually say I hate it. But finding out that Batman had a plan, I am interested to see what the plan is, and I think that's why I'm not mad about this yet is because I want to see what the plan is. I can't remember if me and Clay talked about this 
on the podcast or not when we did discuss issue 77, which I believe was the first podcast. But anyways, I don't know if we discussed this, but we were talking about what if Batman actually got through to Thomas Wayne. And and maybe Thomas Wayne is going against Bane right now, but he's just playing his part. And he could have actually gotten Alfred out or he could have made him safe or he could have put him in the right place and they could have got this duplicate Alfred whoever it is which I gotta think it's Clayface because Clayface has not been in any of the comics at all for a very long time and the last time I saw him he was actually a good guy in the comic book so it could be the whole Clayface route which kind of I don't really know if I feel how I feel about that because I feel like it's been overdone in my opinion but like I said I am very interested to see how Alfred is safe how he got to safety and everything that's going on in there because it does seem like Batman has one of his crazy sneaky plans and I'm always in love with freaking Batman contingency plans because they're just awesome. So anyways, after that big reveal because it just takes you by storm and I will say it would have been cooler. Okay, so there's all of that but I will say I would have much rathered actually seen Alfred show up like if Damien's getting his butt kicked or Batman's getting his butt kicked Alfred comes out of a closet or something and just beats somebody over the head with a broom or something you know what I mean something like that you're just like whoa like Alfred's back I think that would have been so much better opposed to just hearing it in text like they kind of did here but again I'm still I just want to see the reveal of how he's safe where he's safe and how all of that whole plan came together Uh, At the end of those four panels in the very bottom panel, when the sun's already setting, Batman and Catwoman actually say, I love you, which I don't know if that's been said in any of the previous comic books. Like, even the wedding, I don't remember it being said in there. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read the wedding issue. But yeah, blatantly they say, I love you, Cat, and I love you, Bat. The next few pages after this are Batman and Catwoman actually breaking onto this big boat with Magpie. You Gotham fans out there might know who Magpie is, or just any other fans of the comics might know who Magpie is. But uh, she apparently has a bunch of Bane's venom, and the plan was, the reason why Selina brought Batman to this island was because she knew this deal was going down, and if they could take all this venom away from Bane that this would be their way to take Gotham back. So they break onto this boat, and they beat up everybody, and they end up taking uh, Magpie's like merchandise, basically. So she's not able to sell it to Bane. They, of course, let Magpie go instead of arresting her, and she's all like, oh, do you want me to send a message to Bane? And this is one of the smoothest freaking lines I've ever heard Selina say. She was all like, oh, honey, you don't get it. He's Batman. I'm Catwoman. We are the message. I thought that was pretty dope. Not gonna lie. I was like, oh! So there's that big fight and then the last couple pages are Selena and Bruce just walking on the beach during this bright beautiful day. Selena has a diamond, a diamond that she says she has stole four times and Bruce has caught her four times and had made her return it. And she's like, you can't just let me keep this little diamond. She's like, you bring a guy back from the brink of death. You give him love, you give him hope, you go join him in this fight that's going to be the biggest fight of his life and he can't even let you keep this diamond. And he's like, nope. And this cool moment is she's walking away and Bruce just stops and he says, "I like, thank you. She talks about how that's what love is. Love is being there for the people, you know, you care for and stuff like that. And then Bruce, it's crazy. And I saw an article about this. People were saying this is the best costume that Bruce Wayne has and it's called Vacation Dad. And he's just wearing like short shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, a ball cap, and he has a mustache. But he looks so freaking intimidating in this panel, in this page, and it looks awesome. Like, he just looks like a badass 
in freaking dad clothes. But in this whole concept, they we finally get to the bottom of did we meet on a boat or did we meet on the street? And what Batman says, which they actually end up both being right. They did actually first meet on the street, which is Batman Year One, which is what Selina was saying. But in Bruce's mind, they didn't actually meet until he was fully Batman and she was fully Catwoman. So he believes that they their first meeting was actually on the boat when he caught her, which I think is pretty cool because for the longest time, Batman, there's been this running theory that Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is actually the real person. And it's the same thing for Selina. She's more Catwoman than she is Selina Kyle. And Selina Kyle is the mask. So it's really cool that Batman thinks of like, you know, the first time we met is when we were our real true selves. And, you know, you get some like lovey-dovey dialogue between them. And Batman says like, how about, you know, we meet here now. And they're like, yeah, we, we met on a beach. And that's kind of how it goes. And so they both agree meeting on a beach. And I will have to say that the last panel is kind of cringy in my opinion and I love Tom King's writing but I just feel like this was the first time when maybe not the first time but this this just didn't really I don't know it just seemed kind of cringe in my opinion so they say like they agree and they're like yes we met on the beach and Selena's like we agree holy shit Bane is in trouble now and I thought it was just really kind of cheesy maybe not maybe cringe cheesy whatever you want to call it but yeah, I was just like, oh man, this whole issue was so good. And I just felt like that dialogue was just kind of weird. I don't know if it was the holy shit or what it was. And I know it meant it was meant to be cute and funny. But when I read it, I was like, Meh. anyways, Batman issue 80 is going to be titled Bat and Cat Strike Back. And I don't know, man. I I mentioned this so much in the last you know podcast when we were talking about Batman 78. And I just love the Bat cat relationship i know a lot of people are not a fan of it but i don't know maybe i'm a sucker for romance maybe i'm you know a hopeless romantic i don't know what you want to call it but i love when characters finally like just end up with who they're supposed to be are there you know characters that have had these crazy past or whatever finally find their love you know or they finally find something that isn't just the mission or isn't the vow and stuff like that and selena is so perfect for batman in every way and it's just so nice to find a writer that has actually put so much time into the Batcat story. And that is what Tom King has said since the beginning. Like, this is a story about Batman and Catwoman. It is their love, and it's all that kind of stuff. And, like, it's going to culminate in Batcat next year. Uh, but I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm for it. Because a lot of people usually use Selina and Bruce kind of to i guess do the sexier side of batman and catwoman sometimes i mean because if you go back and look at a lot of batcat stuff from previous years there's a lot of like sexual stuff going on with it which i'm totally fine with that too if you've ever read the first issue of catwoman new 52 her and batman just totally get it on and like you'll more than likely see those panels if you just type in batman catwoman more than likely those are the first few pages that show up in just on google or whatever because they're pretty iconic they're well drawn but they are just like everybody's like oh my god what is happening here but uh and it's probably the first time that they've actually shown that in comics too i'm not too sure but uh yeah you know a lot of people are just very curious about this relationship there's a huge fandom for bruce and selena and they've always wanted them to get together 
And whether that be on TV shows, movies, or the comic books, like that fandom is there. They want it to happen. I'm part of it. I'm all for it. I, I was so crushed, like I mentioned before, when they didn't get married in 50. I wanted the big change. But now I'm eating my words. Like, I love this story. I'm glad it's here. I wasn't like those other people that were like, oh, man, this is the worst thing to ever happen to Batman. Tom King's terrible. I never thought that. I wanted them to get married, but I was like, you know what? You know what? Tom King has, you know, I've been on board for 50 issues. I'm on board for another 50 to see where the story goes because I knew at the start this was a long-term story. And sometimes your characters need a fall so they can rise, you know, higher than they've ever risen before. And I'm all for it. But, but there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my thoughts on Batman 79. Go out to your local comic shop and pick this up, ladies and gentlemen. Pick this up and pick up any other cool books you think. I actually just bought Tom King and Mitch Gerard's Mr. Miracle hardcover. Couldn't find it for the longest time. Finally got it. I actually have the single issues, but I wanted it in one single thing so I could sit down and read it. Uh, but yeah, you know, support your local comic shop or just buy these digitally. Support DC, you know, just because there's a lot of good stuff out there. And, you know, you want to support your creators out there. So I absolutely love this book. I absolutely love all the news that's coming out. Uh, if there's, I just want to point this out. Again, you can follow this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Anchor. But I will say if you are using anchor.fm, you can actually leave me messages for the podcast. Do you have a question that you want me to answer on the podcast? Go ahead and go over to anchor.fm. Leave your message there, and if it's cool enough, if it's interesting enough, we'll put it in the freaking show because I wouldn't mind taking Q&A questions from you guys and answering them on here. Hell, if you want to even not use Anchor, go ask me a question. If you're listening to the podcast, put like, hey, I have a question for Batman News Weekly. Go hit me up on Instagram, and maybe I'll do start doing Q&As at the end of the episodes, and we'll go from there. Just make the episode a little bit more interesting, stuff like that, on the weeks that there's not a lot of Batman news. Maybe you just want me to answer your questions, like, what's my favorite Batman story? What's this? Blah, blah, blah. I have no issue with adding Q&As at the end of these episodes, just to make it a little bit more interactive, stuff like that. So I wanted to throw that out there. I also want to point out that if you do want more of your daily dose of juice, go subscribe to the Juice Reacts channel or the Bat from the Box channel. Trying to put out more content on the Bat from the Box one for sure. Working on a couple of things right now. But Juice Reacts has videos that go up daily, ladies and gentlemen. Go check those out over there. Obviously, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done that already. And go check out my other social medias on Instagram, where you can go chat with me there if you want to just shoot the shit. But that's going to be it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to episode five of season one of the Batman News Weekly podcast. As always, I am your host, Juice Wayne. Remember, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Bye, my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.